Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. And special thank you to our lovely patrons that help donate so that we can pay the editor to remove the swear words and silly things we say. Massive thank you to... Carlos Campos. Art Faulkner. Sam Dharma. Mikey Dread. On with the show. Let's Drone Out. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Let's Drone Out. Tonight you're joined by Andrew Slash Frank. Yeah, hello. Everyone's favourite curry kitten. Hello, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm Brian's <laughs> Life Fly, stalling for time so that Stephen can say Hello. Just enjoying hello. some uh, nice milk stout that I've bought myself here. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> Slightly out of order there. Hello, and you're listening to Let's Drone Out. Uh, tonight we'll be covering stuff where we've got a, a new a new layout, flight time, FPV and LED screens. Me and Andrew's nice Frank went to Western Park. Curry Kitten stayed home because he's got a bad leg. <laughs> and... Uh, Stephen has has revamped and redone the show, so we've got segments. Give us the the nods or stuff you want us to talk about. Workers like your I've, I've, I've put it into a document, but that doesn't mean I'm the only one that can read out from it. All, all I've done is I've <laughs> encouraged people to collate things into a giant list. So we have a wonderful list of items on screen here. That yes, we can now you know how through. it feels. You can write everything you want, but no <laughs> one will read it. <laughs> Well, I mean, I can always read it, right? Well, <laughs> push comes to shove. Read it so, to if Jack runs out of dick jokes, then we can just start reading the quadcopter stuff. Oh, Jack's well out of dick jokes. Jack's in the naughty corner. I'd like to issue an apology to my friend. I hope he's still my friend, Andy. <laughs> who I treated so oh, poorly. And um, I'm, Andy, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. I hope you still love me. Did you leave any marks? No, I didn't. You didn't let Did- me get close, man. Did Andy go to Weston? He did indeed. We can confirm Andy RC is still alive and not being replaced by AI. Um, mm, he smelt the same. <laughs> oh, that's so the same. He, he, I'd written that script and everything for him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can also confirm that Lee is also, you know, Painless 360 is, is also a physical, natural human being. Uh, quite a few people we, we confirmed. Uh, he joined Menace. Yeah. It was Absolutely. weird going without Tony, but he asked too late. <laughs> oh, Grumpy, I ran into you. Yes, ran into some Patreons whilst I was getting attacked by those Kent lot, the, the savages. <laughs> was this while you were photobombing Menace on his uh, segment, his sponsored segment on the uh, Western Racing? No, I, I was just trying to get everyone some food Richard Warwick from the chat asks how's the leg lane how's the leg Wayne I, I quite like the first question how's the leg lane, <laughs> leg lane. Uh, no I haven't got any flying in I have been able to at least sort of sit here for a little bit longer so I started doing a, a bit of uh, filming today I was, just, I was just looking at the Mambo actually mm, and even though this is shiny. this is a big brand radio I couldn't necessarily make Agent X work the way it's supposed to with it because oh, I have this amazing uh, way of making stuff break when I make it try and work. <laughs> I but I think it's just called using a Mac and like people will sort of develop <laughs> this. Is he, is of he like, using the right oh, yeah. mic? Yes, yes, okay. it sounds we, fine. Had Jack. This discussion <laughs> it doesn't echo. I'm further away because the legs stretched out here. I'll move, closer. it's a lot better quality than the other mic. How, the other mic is this better it. now? Yeah, that's the curry I know and love. So I'm going to represent the person or the the people watching that didn't go to Western Park and and sadly couldn't. So what was it all about? How was it different than normal? 
Mm. Were you scared because there were lots of people around? Did anyone lick you or cough on you? <laughs> that sort of stuff. Uh, Jack was going around licking everyone he could, especially Andy RC. Uh, Andy RC wasn't too keen on this. Oh, um, I just... But was was too shocked to respond, um, but secretly he liked it, obviously. Um, so this was the second Western Park event in a year, um, which is unusual because usually... It's on Father's Day. That's 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 the Western Park way. Um, and I think basically to make up for not having one last year, for obvious reasons, um, they've decided to have two in 2021. Uh, so this nice. was the, the second one in a year. Um, uh, they did have some changes from June. Um, the, the FPV racing... Uh, was moved from where it's been for the past few years to where it was originally, which is right by the Helifest event. Uh, so up that end of the event, if you, if you know the site. Um, and and that, that may have been to something due to something we've alluded to soon after the June event, which was uh, some, some complaints from some hotel uh, guests about racing late at night. They weren't too keen on it. Um, and, and we'll say no more without having the, the the disclaimer. We need a disclaimer for this. I see, uh, I see. So we've got Any a disclaimer. views expressed on this show are personal and may not reflect the views of others or indeed the hosts. It would seem. Uh, <laughs> I did. I did notice that, and, and the notes here we have a both a racing and a night flying session. So evidently, neither of those were affected by. Uh, prior history still going strong oh yeah well the thing is the other thing western park is known for particularly is a lot of uh fireworks they do a big night flying pyrotechnics all kinds of stuff and that was still going on i mean to be honest even in june when the incident which shall not be named happened um there was fireworks going on at the time so complaining about the noise of a mini quad is a bit Odd, but people are weird. Um, should, should I know about the incident now? I feel I need to ask about it. Dave, Dave says the cutoff is now 5 30 for five inch. Ah, that's interesting. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, a, a guest complained, security got involved, someone ended up having their radio dragged out of their hand whilst they were mid flight. Um, which is generally a bad idea. Sounds uh, very dangerous indeed. Th- there was Not there was idea. much complaining. Apparently, a, a storm of racers down to the main flight line to complain to the people that run the whole event. All 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 very messy. Not you know not what we want. But it's no. been sorted that now. There's been adjustments made. Won't happen again. And it's been there for you know five years. It's doable. It's not a problem, really. Just, just as a side matter, now I'm not saying you should do this, but I've always felt pretty confident if I saw someone coming up to me and had the goggles on in the terms that I would just fly my quad straight in their face and that would... <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? Mm. Exactly. Yes. Uh, it's yeah, usually invitation to, so oh, right now's me. a great time to go and orbit myself, is what I think. If there's someone who's like walking up to me, oh, I'll just, just orbit myself, just as well, a gentle... I, I think it was a bit, distance. a bit of a surprise. I don't think they were particularly you know, paying attention to the area around them at the time. But anyway, we, we, we should not dive into that particular legal quagmire. Um, well. We've done the disclaimer. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah um yeah i mean we we saw quite a few other people we saw win um who you know is we we regularly meet him at western park it's sort of a nice convenient place saw uh eric from rotor racing who's been off doing all the stuff with the fai um making you know drone racing a global thing um, and Chris G was there in his rotor racing shirt. Um, so yeah, it's good to see, see people again and catch up with people. Um, which with FAI the, stuff have they been involved in? Ah, so, uh, 
for example, the, the Shenzhen, but also just generally iterating the rules and getting the rule book sorted out to actually make sense. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's quite interesting. Um, but yeah, hopefully we might learn a bit more next week. Uh, so there you go. There's a teaser. Um, and uh, did you feel, did, did it feel like the hobby was thriving? Were there lots of interesting stores with interesting products and what stuff did you buy? If any? Stalls, sticky issue. Uh, and, and this has been mentioned. I'm not sure at this point if I'm Facebook asking groups. the wrong questions or the right ones. <laughs> yeah. So the, there was a noticeably lower number of stalls and people selling stuff uh, this time around. Whether that's because there have been two events in the same year, whether that's, I mean, we, we know at least one or two of them, it's because they can't or don't want to, you know, put their, um, you know, tell people to come along um, and work on their stands who might be at a higher COVID risk um, and, and go through all that kind of thing. So some for some people, it's about having the staff. Some people, it's, it's the cost. I mean, because there's also, you know, who knew until the last minute for certain whether or not this event would go on. So it's 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 been tricky. So there were fewer people there selling stuff. Um but I don't know. It it wasn't definitely wasn't dead. Uh the the heli flight line were very happy. Like they were saying well, I, I heard a few people saying that it was actually bigger than it has been in, in previous years. And it definitely looks a lot more busy and a lot more smart the Helifest flight line. Um, uh, the, I mean, the other thing we were saying when we were hanging around with, with Painless was uh, the the average age of the people that were attending seemed to be a, a bit lower. Like, there was no. still plenty of socks and sandals, but not Young socks so much. And sandals. Yeah, the, there was more hair um, than in On previous years. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, not to put a, a finer point on it, but I guess some of those guys just died, and the the less older people are getting older again. <laughs> yeah. During lockdown, some some youngsters have inherited a perplexing large model aircraft collection, and they've been busy <laughs> piling them into trees and learning how it worked. And here they are. Yeah, yeah. Uh, may also have been some uh, you know, well spent lockdown uh, time. Because there were there were quite a few of the uh, the slots on the on the main flight line were for younger pilots, sort of up and coming pilots, um, particularly on the sort of three D, like the big three D extra type things, uh, do all the prop hanging and the flat spinning and all that kind of stuff. Um, so, so you know, there's all that going on as well. Um, and actually had yeah, like we're saying the. LED screens. So they had a big one at the FPV flight line, which was quite cool to watch the the the, the, the you know the feeds of people racing around. But there was also one on the main flight line, which was showing most of the time that I could see just loops of YouTube videos from like T Bubba Rap and Essential RC and people like that. Um, I don't know, Jack. Did you see anything on that screen? That was anything else. Uh, they were they, obviously they were doing interviews, and that's how I snuck on. Oh, uh, on, no. on the FPV flight line, yeah, but on, yeah. on the main flight line. On the main, so, no, I, I, <coughs> as far as I know, I didn't pay much attention to it. But yeah, it was like <laughs> Jack's too busy paying attention to well, dogs. Andy RC, Andy, Andy RC. He was he was literally my sort of, you know. A Jack Activity Center. I was in awe by his presence, <laughs> which I apologize about. Still, poor Andy. Yeah. I know, oh, I'm sorry, Andy. You. All, all sounds you. adorable. Um, so it sounds like 3D plane flying and heli flying is is super popular now. It's, it's seeing a bit of a renaissance. Yeah, what yeah. What's the uptick? Um. I'm not too sure, really. I mean, it's not like there's been a massive technology change or anything. Um, well, NJ did mention that 
he he was um, seeing a lot of the tech go down to smaller models. So presumably you can get something that's a bit more competent without paying yeah. thousands of pounds and having some like giant death blender. Yeah, but I don't think there's like a step change as as much. If you see what I mean, like there's they've been sort of getting smaller and smaller and cheaper and cheaper. But but in, in the same way as <clears throat> in the same way as quads have, or pretty much any other kind of model flying has. Um, but I don't know. I, I think maybe it's uh, kind of maybe it's just become more visible. I don't know. Um, I mean, there was there was the the turbine, so there were like some foamies some foamy turbine planes so like a gas turbine goes in a plane and costs like thousands and thousands of pounds and then they were going in these foam models like an actual gas turbine not an edf not an electric ductive fan but an actual gas turbine in a big foam model Mm, Um, how how do you put the really hot turbine in the foam how does that work Heat management and shielding they were, yeah. they were talking about. So I think I think that there's like a lot of, you know, um, sort of where they direct the air through for cooling. You know, obviously to feed the turbine, and for everywhere else, there's just like really really good heat shielding. There's tons and tons of tin foil everywhere. Well, yeah, a couple probably, of guys I know Kevlar on that put turbines on them. Um, in, but the, these were like were in inside, like, not just like strapped on the back, like I've seen before on actual silly wings, but like actual, like proper, like, like a you know, uh, like a fighter jet. It, it is interesting from the fact that when you look at a turbine plane, and it's like, oh, where's the twelve grand gone? Not that much on it is on the fuselage. It's all mm. in the, the turbine bit, isn't it? So mm. it's like, you, how much do you save on using... What kind of thrust do those things kick out? How many kilos of thrust? Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but definitely more than one-to-one thrust of weight because they were like prop hanging oh, of some of them. Yeah. Even though it's not got a prop. But uh, it, was, it was pretty... <laughs> funky i mean i i guess like there are obviously like some smaller ones but i know the bigger ones are like 20 kilos or something ridiculous so quite a lot of thrust so yeah we've got i've got a very small picture of the flight chair i don't know if anyone's got a picture they can share for the viewers but there's some fantastic contraption of a camping chair with pedals (laughs) rigged up to it and a radio which looks absolutely amazing yeah so jack was flying flying a tiny whoop on this or something Oh, how did you know? Did you have a go, Jack? I had a go of um, what I can only describe as Chris G's sex chair. <laughs> it really, really, it was really weird, and the stirrups, and the. But anyway, it was, it was, it was a flight chair, so it's very low to the ground, which I, I found almost impossible to recover from. And he, he's kind of like taking the sort of like flight testing of like, you know, removing some of the controls from, from a spectrum transmitter and then applying it. So you've got rudder pedals and you've got a throttle on a, on a, on a control, um, on a lever. And then, um, he's 3d printed this sort of like offset larger stick for your, aileron and pitch controls and yeah i had a go at flying a uh his his tiny whoop with that and all i can say is it not only was it very difficult but it was also terrifying because there was small children entered the tent whilst i was flying and i don't know how i did not hit them so it looks like you've dis- you've dispensed entirely with the the throttle in your stick. If we're doing mode two here on the left, and you've got yeah. your your yaw on the on the pedals there, yeah. And where where does throttle go? Is throttle that a lever off to is the that side lever, yeah. That's very very. It kind of blends in with with the uh, with the throttle pedals, but it's it's that thing coming out on the left. Ah, the bit of two by four sort of stuck outside yeah. there. Right, yeah, right. and the the potentiometers 
all I can say, and Chris G pointing them out, is they're not quite right. And, and this very of, special look, kind of spatula that they've screwed on to the, the right gimbal. Yeah, it's 3D printed. Right. And and that's your yeah your control stick. Um, rudder rudder worked quite well. Um, throttle kind of you could overcook it mm. and push it too far, and it would then feed around. So it was like <laughs> it was it was like a prop on Too Fast Too Furious. You know how like you can excessively change to twelve gears with this throttle pedal just kind of went up and then around <laughs> and then would obviously mess up the value and then mm. it just you Wonderful. know rudder, rudder would work throttle was vague at best and roll just didn't didn't really do anything pitch was, it intended was not too bad because i sort of see it as like oh that's that's sort of more replicating a, a regular thing, fixed yeah. wing pilot but not, yeah, and and I I had it as uh, I thought this is what you're talking about, but I yeah, yeah. something similar to that, <laughs> slightly more comfortable. That's in fact. what I felt like. <laughs> that would have worked. You'd have liked it. Wow. <laughs> well, I like right, the idea. and on a different note, so we've got yeah. some shock by H <laughs> sorry HD zero cameras starting to appear. Moving on to, to quad stuff before we get stuck in that particular avenue. Um, Sorry. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um, so HD Zero, they're the people behind Sharkbite, it seems. There's a joint effort. I think we've been through this a couple of times on the show. And HD Zero is the technology that transmits the video for Sharkbite, and they appear to have been selling their own brand of cameras and pushing them. And um, I actually got a, got a video from some UK chap who's put this on like a little three-inch uh, diatone and has been kind of ragging it around. And I was going to just demonstrate the quality. And this is my first attempt at screen sharing. So, like, bear with me. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> whilst, whilst you're doing that, I'll, I'll, ask, I'll ask the question, Stephen. Because when I, when I looked at the, the, the first beta of Sharp Bite, which was then called Bite Frost, it had this thing saying, yeah, we're going to make the cameras open source, but you had to buy this bit that would go into your camera that effectively... Is this little, um, I suppose you'd call it not an encryption chip as such, but something that basically authenticates with the other yeah. thing? And I thought that's that's well, how they're they're doing it. So it's not quite open source, but it's sort of you buy. It's kind of got like a hardware codec, it. right? And you have to yeah. pay Divamath for the hardware codec, um, which is just like what you do with analog and the the rich wave stuff, right? There's certainly one person who really makes the chipsets, and you're using that, as far as I can figure out, right? Um, but yeah, it doesn't look too shabby. I think certainly compared to the um, the rather cruddy footage. I've, I've also got, for comparison's sake, a clip of the the original Sharkbite cam. So that's the new and improved one there, and hopefully he's all right with me um, sharing that. I will stop that and just uh, punt on the original footage, which is substantially grottier. I'll just show that in a sec. But it, it's kind of impressive. I think they've got to sort of the same place in quality as we're now seeing from the not-DJI cameras that everyone's being forced to use with DJI, which are just, I think, image-wise, more or less exactly what we have we saw before. So here's this blurry mess is a OG Sharkbite. Let me just see if I can... Oh, it wants to play at 360p. That's not going to... Help it at all. Let's at least give it the benefit of YouTube's sell it, is it? fractionally fractionally <laughs> higher sample rate. Right. So we've we've been upgraded from a very blurry mess to a, a slightly blurry mess. But I mean it's still it's a bit rough, isn't it? Like the trees are purple, the ground is kind of a strange psychedelic colour. It's just and the focus is I don't know what it's focused on, but not much. Still really. can't count the blades of grass. You cannot count. It's you can tell it's tell grass from some angles. It's probably for the pilot happening at more than about six frames a second. 
But <laughs> me, that's, that's what is coming through at the moment. All right. So yeah, I, I sorry, suppose I wasn't sure look, how that was going to work. Yeah, yeah. It, it it just depends on what your connection's like. It, I suppose we'd have to show it side by side with DJI. But if you're saying it's it's close to what I, I guess the Caddx stuff is is doing on DJI, that's that's it, It's better so. than you get from a Nebula Nano, which is quite good, really. It's kind of you, you've seen the the Caddx Polar and this Rumcam Mippy. I'd say it's that type of image quality, which considering what they started out with is is a big step forward i suppose the question is has the ship already sailed and everyone's gone dji that's going hd well the added lure they put out point? was this week if you're looking on hobby rc or on mantech i think mainly hobby rc um the the goggle module was down from 170 quid to 85 it was half price i think they've all sold out now but there's going to be a few people who in the UK have got on that bandwagon this week. And so it's kind of relevant for them, I think. Um, the range is still not what you get from DJI. And you saw he's getting snow just going behind a tree. And I'd never get snow from behind a tree, even if I'm, you know, on like, what, less than 700 milliwatts. Certainly wouldn't get it on 700. Um, but I, it, I it's good value. I added advantage with a shark bite is because they're using... Uh, sort of more regular VTXs using regular channels. There's, correct me if I'm wrong, Frank. There's nothing against you using them in racing because they just take up yeah. a channel and you can put it on 25 milliwatts. Yeah, in fact, the the guy who's okay. a big proponent of this has been using it at races. Is he's called Ryan Quillett, uh, and if you follow him, he's broadcast a lot of his races. And he got Evan Turner to fly his quad as well, and and rip a couple of packs around the course with Shark Bite and um, around the sort of distances you're talking about with racing. It's absolutely perfect really good yeah well 85 quid if if they can sort of keep it at that price is certainly something that people would just like well i'm tempted by that because the vtxs aren't stupid and the cameras aren't stupid you're paying more than that for a rapid fire aren't you so it's pretty good the trouble is then you're paying 45 quid for every vtx which kind of stings a bit and i'm at a point now i haven't gone for dji like do I pay 45 quid for each shark bite VTX or do I just say, ah, I'll take my chances and pay 90 quid for a Cadex Vista, give it a shot, you know, try and strip it down and make it lighter to a naked Vista. I, I had my finger on the trigger button on this one. I was sorely tempted. But the fact that the HD Zero camera isn't available at the moment, they just put out some pre-orders and they sold out instantly, so... There's normally a pretty good rule of thumb for people in in this sort of hobby, and that's: do I own it? No, I should buy it. Or well, do I own it? Yes, I should have another spare. But that, then you can run out of money pretty quickly, which is why some of us, um, in fact, all of us except for you, Stephen, don't have a DJI digital <laughs> system because we're all no. poor. We've spent all our money on trinkets and silly yeah. things. Yeah, I, I've treated myself. It was like pre- present to self one Christmas, I think. <laughs> Saving up for a long old while, but yeah, once you've taken the plunge, you just you end up with four or five of them, the quads with DJI before you know it. I think it's good though. Less than a rapid fire module, right? At that price, coming in at eighty five mm-hmm. quid. Yeah, that's that's more impressive. As soon as they there's this magic price point, and sometimes it's like under a hundred quid or something like that. But once once they hit it, it's the the point where people are like. You know, I'll take a punt on that and have a look mm-hmm. at it, and that's that's what could do it. That that's the sort of thing that could easily replace like regular um, analog stuff. This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only, censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears. All thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. Because you you were saying as well about the lack of the HD Zero camera. Um, Is is that just a supply issue or? Yeah, it's very new. Um, They they hit some, they sent out a bunch of prototypes because they said they had the first batch and... um, some of the cameras weren't powering on as quickly as they should. They, they knew there was some hardware error, so they, uh. they shipped out an entire batch just saying, pay postage and we'll send you a camera. And so if you're someone who'd been using ShockBuy to that point, you, you could get a camera for like $10 or something, and, and it was right. kind of the best camera on the market. Mm-hmm. The, the risk was you might end up with a dud because this was prototype <laughs> hardware. It's a bit of a pick and mix. Okay. Mm. Uh, well, because I, I was just thinking like that's quite similar to... 
Uh, I mean, it's, it's not the same problem, but the, the, there was a sort of supply problem at Western Park as well, where uh, some of the, 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 the stalls would have their slots on the flight line where they go and show off their latest sets of models and they go and display them and talk about, talk them up and talk about how brilliant they are. And then uh, they go, oh, by the way, uh, you can't buy these at the moment. We're still waiting on the shipment from China. It's not going to turn up for another month. Uh, we have the old version. <laughs> or we don't have anything to sell you. <laughs> oh, it's a classic problem. The old yeah. paper launch, right? Yeah. Happens so, so much in technology companies. They but, do this around conference time. People always say there's conference constipation. And they all wait until a conference comes around and save up their product releases and then have a big conference and yeah, the con conference constipation breaks and they launch 20 products at once. But you can bet there's some of those they just haven't got stock in yet. Well, for most of these, they're, mod like they're models that have been around for like well over two years. And they, they, you know, they're, they're showing them off as the latest and greatest, but it's just they don't have any stock because they sold everything out last year and nothing's turned up since then. Quite, wow. quite a few of them it seems well um, unless you're willing to pay out, out the Yahoo for extra shipping rates I imagine right you can always pay for shipping and get your stuff over here well this is for people that are like Mostly. you know doing like the big balsa things where there's like a lack of balsa because China was using it all to make wind turbines or the foamy things where they've you know got their own uh, foam moulding tools tooling made up for, for this particular model but just the actual box of foam haven't arrived from China and they're still in like there's some set of shipping containers somewhere in the Suez Canal probably. Um, you know, it's and that, that sort of stuff is still kind of working its way through or, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um, sort of the delays that there still are. Shady's asking, can DJI and Sharkbite be in the air together? And I think the answer is that the Sharkbite channel width is exactly the same as analog. So from what I hear, it behaves the same as analog. So you're basically saying, can DJI and analog be in the air together? And the answer to that is sort of yes, but be careful because uh, I, I fat-fingered my DJI setup a couple of times when racing with people, and it sometimes it will just jump onto the public channel, and um, the public channel is really near, I think, channel 7, and people on channel 7 yeah. were having a bad time. Yeah. That's, you That's can pretty F7. much say... You know, Channel 7, because it's F7 or R7 are, are not that far away from each other, really. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we saw that at LDO now, that there's, you know, the public channel. When they, when they turn on the DJI stuff, and, of course, that was what we, you know, that was what we sort of planned the channels around at LDO now, and it still, I mean, it, it worked a lot better, um, I think, from what Chris was saying and what, from what some other people were saying, but it still didn't solve the problem entirely. Um, you've got to be cognizant if you're flying dji like just shout when you start stuff up and i've i've forgotten it sometimes but not everyone else is flying this amazing noise resistant intelligent i'll shut down if i see another dji user system and yeah some people are just going to get stamped on by you so you just need to have a bit of care and if you fly dji it doesn't hurt to shout i'm about to power on dji is anyone doing anything risky <laughs> and just maybe maybe hold fire on that lipo plug for just a minute until someone's brought their quad in to be sure so yeah it doesn't solve the requirement to be going powering on and being ready to unplug yeah, yeah. but it adds the problem of the, you need to be aware of that be using your goggles that's the point isn't it just because your goggles are also emitting yeah gas. right so yeah, your, your goggles are not only receiving with DJI. So so generally, if you are flying, give yourself like 10 meters clearance from anyone flying analog because your goggles are kind of just this noisy little, it's like having a little mic, camping microwave or something running. You just don't want to be right next to analog people. It's not good. And and I've, I've flown analog around DJI people as well as being the guy flying DJI. Um, and yeah, it's not great. Like if you're standing next to someone and they've got goggles on, you get like rolling black lines and if a dji quad flies near you when you've got your goggles on then you'll like just drop frames without any warning it's, it's rough in fact if you're flying dji you're not welcome in this field go to the next field over <laughs> we can Think only click one of done. these this needs to be a multi-select poll because i just 
This makes me think of um, sort of back when 2.4 gigahertz was becoming a thing, and like the 35 megahertz people would be like, "We don't understand what you're doing. It looks, ex- it sounds expensive, and isn't what we know how to deal with. So we're just going to tell you mm. to go away." <laughs> ah, it was even more fun when 2.4 video was a thing. And we're all trying to fly <laughs> together with our 2.4 radios. Mm. And they're sort of like, no, turn off all your radios. I need to do something different. <laughs> and, and yeah, it's a shady like main problem is DJI users weren't running anything less than full power. Because, yeah, if you're flying with other DJI users, it's fine. You don't trample all over each other. But, yeah, if you're running full power, then that, that big old bell curve from DJI is going to stomp over the bands near you. So. Mm-hmm. We, we tried to be good when we did LDO. No, I was down at 25 milliwatt and I'm frustrated that I couldn't reach beyond the true line, which we weren't supposed 1. to. 1.6 watts <laughs> analog VTXs are available to get your own back. I think someone was running a 1.8 watt. Yes. And I may have seen a DVR There, there has been video evidence mats. released mm. suggesting, <laughs> unless they have uh, unreliable OSDs, which is presumably going to be the, the legal defense. Yeah. I mean, well, those are all text labels that you enter yourself in Betaflight, aren't they? So yeah, you could have put absolutely. Max yeah. on well, the 25 say 25 25 on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Max on all of them. Just change all the all the craft ID to 25 MW. Um, uh, yeah. People saying uh, DJI is like the loud drunk that ruins everyone's evening. <laughs> We just, I'm just upset we can't all play along together. You know, it's just, it is a big jump, that whole, like, 500, and then it's like £100 per yeah. unit. I think it's just, it's just a little too crazy, especially when you've got to, like, change everything out, which, you know, I was just a bit like, oh, that is... It, it is the interesting thing, mind. though. I mean, years, several years ago... And occasionally we go around and say, what would you like most from like the next thing in FPV? And I think we've said several times over the years, just be able to switch on your quad, it have a channel, not have to think about anybody else, and it'll just work. But it's mm-hmm. uh, still not happening. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that, that again, like, okay, so so no kids, just quadcopters. That's my life here. Uh, and the missus, of course. Um, <laughs> she, she, she does other crafty things that aren't quadcopters but yeah if, if you just fly a dgi together it's wonderful if you set yourself to the same channel as someone else you power on just moves you over to the public channel and says select another channel so you don't knock it out outside the air but if you've got some poor analog guy he's gonna have a terrible day so it's not a good yeah. solution yeah it, 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 it nice. doesn't it doesn't go to where there is an empty channel it just puts you on f7 <laughs> it's not it doesn't solve the problem <laughs> Well, it's like a newbie solution, right? Instead of flashing up something in text in your goggles saying, please pick a channel, it, it tells you that the camera is working by putting you on that public channel. You just know to keep that channel clear. It would have been nice if, if Sharkbite had included something to, to do this because all the tools are available to them. You know, that their module is able to do RF scans, so they could have taken that RF scan. That The module is able to work with smart audio and, and change channels, and there appears to be some communication between the um the vtx and the vrx because they're rendering all the display port telemetry stuff not mm. display port osd stuff so presumably there is some data being sent along with the signal back as well but w- so, what there needs to be is mm. that communication being done on for example 2.4 so that they can be selecting the same channel of 5.8 to actually do the video stuff on that's that's what needs to happen. I, that's that's my impression anyway. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be nice if the the goggles and the VTX could negotiate a channel. Mm. It doesn't sound like a, a massively steep ask just to to figure that out or somehow tell the the quad that someone else is already on that channel and uh, and, and don't blast them out the sky. Yeah, don't go for that one. Pick a different one. Yeah. Exactly. Um, talking of blasting people out of the sky there was uh, a couple of posts recently that Simon Dale's put up uh, on Airprox Reality Check uh, one being that the FAA have confirmed that a well, is a drone DJ have, have reported this um, FAA have confirmed that a drone strike was in fact not a drone strike but uh, a mylar 
party party balloon, just a foil helium balloon. And that was what it was. So it wasn't a mm. drone. We've gone yeah. from having UFOs to having drones, haven't we? Anything that people yeah. don't recognise must be a drone. That's interesting, because yeah. whenever there's a drone strike, they're very keen to show what damage it did, and I'm guessing a helium balloon didn't turn up that much. Yeah, but... A mylar party balloon <laughs> would have been pretty gentle. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, but saying about UFOs, and that's, that's the other thing that they've put up on an Airprox reality check, um, was the a load of stuff. They've got a whole page dedicated to Gatwick, um, and included on that is uh, a little bit about um, when Stephen Timewell of uh, Drone User Magazine uh, sort of said, you know, this is um, a, a flying object that is unidentified, therefore it is an unidentified flying object. Um, I think it was the Express, one of the newspapers anyway, Basically reported him as a as a crazy guy blaming aliens, um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So airproxrealitycheck.org slash Gatwick twenty eighteen. That's that's an interesting yep. roundup of information. I, I almost feel like UFO has has got the same terminology as drone. So it used to, it's clearly called an unidentified flying object, but now UFO is seen to be an alien yep. spaceship. A bit like. We fought the word drone for ages because these are these like deaf machines that go drop bombs remotely as right. opposed to our multi-rotors. But we've kind of all lost that war. So anybody that says UFO is clearly an alien believer. Uh, I guess the air traffic controllers. Any flying thing ever. I, I guess yeah. the air traffic controllers and other people were always aware that there were these yahoos out in the sticks building crappy homemade aircraft and they would have been on the lookout for, you know, some idiot flying his bathtub with some plywood wings on. <laughs> Whereas everyone else was convinced it was all aliens because that's the more interesting option, isn't it? And well, I mean, the, this this sort of problem is also why the reports, uh, all the sort of reporting systems, um, so CHIRP or the sort of military equivalents, um, have all gone for, instead of calling them UFOs, they now call them UAPs, uh, un- unidentified aerial phenomena. Um, which is kind of also that a little bit worse in a way, doesn't it? It's like it's a phenomena. There's, it must be magical, is what it sounds like. I, I think what they're trying to say is as well that it doesn't necessarily have to be an object because quite often it's a light that has been reflected around the cockpit, and you yeah. see that, and you think it's something, you know, a dot of light moving very fast, and in fact, it's it's your watch or whatever. Um, and and they're trying to account for that sort of thing as well. OMG lensing, it must be aliens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that kind of continual stuff. I mean, Airprox Reality Check is, is quite fun anyway. There's a website to look through. They've got, they sort of take the reports of from the Airprox board where you know someone's reported, I saw a drone that was shaped like a pig and flying at sixty thousand feet at nine hundred miles an hour, um, and and where the airprox board have gone. Well, someone said they saw a drone, and we don't have any evidence to the otherwise. Therefore, it's a drone. Um, and airprox reality check uh, kind of go. Well, it doesn't seem very likely to be a drone. Uh, it was you know the visibility was zero meters. Uh, the mm-hmm. you know drones there can't fly that high probably in the catering that day and it was all yeah everything was backed against them. exactly all that kind of stuff and they've done some brilliant things with uh, ADSB as well um, so they sort of got got a system going now where they you know can find the track of the aircraft that made the report look in the direction that they reported something and find any kind of aircraft that have a vaguely similar description. And so quite often, you know, I saw a red and white drone north of me and they find that, you know, a, a, a mile away, and it turns out that 10 miles away, there was a red and white helicopter. You know, it's, it's that, that kind of thing. And it's, it's, it's quite interesting to read through. It's more a study of psychology than anything actually <laughs> flying. Exactly. So exactly. another fantastic thing that Frank found, FAI rules now yeah. include quadcopter football yes well this this was speaking to eric um he, he was telling me we're sort of getting the, the inside scoop on all the fii 
stuff that's happening. Um, and yeah, he, he kind of mentions that there's, you know, uh, you know, they're sort of looking at maybe maybe there will be a kind of FII equivalent of X class or wing racing or stuff. But they've they've already got drone football that they're doing X class football. That's a gap. <laughs> Oh. No, I, I mean the, the 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 racing. So the FAI is like the International Air Sports Federation. I think is possibly the actual literal translation. Um, and so they do everything from uh, well, they just do anything that flies and is raced. They they have some bit of paperwork that says yes, you are the world champion. Um, and so they've been doing the uh, sort of the world drone championships, and uh, yeah, in twenty eight, well, up to twenty eighteen, there was uh, so Graupner, uh, a German company that you might be aware of if you've watched a load of flight test stuff. Um, Didn't they, they go bust? Oh, yes. So before they went bust. They made, uh, they were sort of started up a little tournament in Germany of this drone ball, um, where they 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 took a drone, sort of a fairly small quad, put a a, a ball shaped frame around it, and then got them, them playing this game, uh, where they have kind of a Quidditch hoop at each end. That's my my best description, Just a, a vertical circle donut thing on a stick three my three meters up in the air uh and you've got uh, some people on each team one striker and some defenders and the striker is trying to fly through the opposing uh team's goal while the opposing team is trying to just bash it out the way it's kind of it's, it's, think of quad racing but you've got people flying against you and stopping you from going through the hoop um that's that's kind of the idea behind it so that's that was what was going on in, in germany in 2018 grapner went bust but it had already been sort of drafted into some rules and in 2019 at the south korea drone masters um they held a championship which was basically south korea versus germany because they were the only countries that had even read the rules and found out this was a thing um and that looked pretty cool um but it also meant that the a lot of the international teams that went there which i i think uk maybe didn't for uh, slightly concerning reasons but we'll, we'll come to that um they they've they've sort of gone back to their own countries and started up something and then 2020 happened and so there hasn't been a lot happening but now that things are opening up again Countries like the US and France and uh, loads of other countries around the world are starting up their own drone soccer leagues. Um, Can I do a rundown of what a drone soccer drone is? Quick yes. The speeds and feeds, because what we have here are two classes, an A class and a B class. The A class is the fat one, B class is the thin one. With an A class, you're talking about a, uh, a six-inch prop up to 1.2 kilos, um, 6S, in a, in a globe of 40 centimetres diameter. And you need, you are required to fit it with between 20 and 40 LEDs. Um, so that's the big one, 6 inch, 1.2 kilos, 40 centimetres, 6S. Uh, and then the smaller one is 300 grams, a 20 centimetre diameter globe. I think between was it 8 and 12 LEDs, I've got it written down somewhere, and a 3S. Um, interestingly, if you go and find any of the pre-made stuff, they're way smaller, like two-inch props, which I'd have thought would give you a bit of a competitive disadvantage. But I think a lot of the kits are actually for STEM, um, yeah. and not strictly speaking for competitive sports. If you look at them, they're even the you know the top players in the world, the typical kind of uh, teenagers with great reflexes, are actually going pretty <laughs> gingerly around the course. They're not thrashing these things around. So I think the the sport is relatively new, but it's, yes. it's fascinating nonetheless. It's very, very new, uh, which makes it interesting to me because I, I feel like amongst us, we have a chance to be world champions. You know, if we get yeah. in early, I, I remember the, the early days of drone racing when getting around a, a course was a win. 
That was that's that's my level yeah. of of competitiveness. I just I, want to I'm see like some six-inch six mini quad hurtling around through basketball hoops. It sounds fantastic. Because when you talked about quad soccer, I thought people have overheard me talking about quad ball and they've mm. copied my idea. Same. And I have to get through in time. Exactly. Uh, it's slightly more boring, although probably slightly more playable. Yeah, and this, the, the drone's actually enclosed in its own cage so mm. as opposed to like constantly knocking your props off and needing to change mm-hmm. them about every 10 seconds to the to the extremities of the frame they they, they fix this this globe and so your your props are all fully enclosed um, and there's no streamers yeah. or tangling things yeah yeah but this also means that it's, it's absolutely fine for them to call it drone soccer because it's absolutely nothing like football yeah, I, I guess they really want to call it drone Quidditch, but that's more likely to get sued. <laughs> that's what it sort of sounds uh, like. I don't know, though. She's a bigot, so we might get away with it. Let's not go there. I read yeah. that comment. There's so you've got also this... Bad in there. That you've got, like, a scoring ball, and then the other balls that have to hit it, and it's mm-hmm. not really clear what keeps this scoring ball kind of in the air and not, like, smashed to bits or anything. That's the part I didn't really get, like, how... Because you, your drones have got to buffet this ball through the goal. Yeah, how does everybody not just end no, up no, no, no. crashed and die? So the the striker ball is is the football, is what sc- scores the goal. It just flies through the hoop. It's rather right. than it, don't think of but it it's like not football. A player drone, it's drone, right? Yeah, it's literally someone yeah, is yeah. flying it. So like manually flying it. Through. One person is flying. So one person on the team is actually manually flying. Then what are all the yeah. other people doing? They're just getting so in the way. They're trying to, to stop it going through the goal. So yeah. So, so there's you... defenders trying to stop yeah. the one going in. Is there two? Oh, right, probably right. taking out the defenders. Yes. Okay. Yeah, but how's the other side? So they just alternate. So each team, like... each team have their own football that they are flying. And oh, they're flying so two the on there. Oh, yeah, so they're flying through each other's hoops. Right. Um, I thought there was only one ball at a time because most ball sports rely on there being a single ball. Yes, on the don't, time. don't think of it like football. It's more like drone wrestling. Where right, okay. You've just, you, you're just trying to knock the other, the, the other um, team's drone, striker drone out of the way. To use the yeah, old, uh, yeah. Drone oh, there ball. we go. You want to get it yeah. through the line. Yeah, yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's more like that. Yeah, okay. And there's there's to after you've scored a goal, you have to run back to your half of the the pitch. Hmm. A better word. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so they just keep circling around. <laughs> yeah, just, oh, the other thing is you're not talking about a net, you're talking about just a ring. Imagine like mm-hmm. a basketball hoop with no yeah. net but vertical yeah. and you, so just a gate. One, one would say a quidditch hoop, as previously <laughs> mentioned. <laughs> no, that means nothing to me, I'm sorry. My my little sister was obsessed, sister. but I never got the Harry Potter train. Fucking um, not yeah, seen the films. Yeah. But yeah, so we'll, we'll also, in about a month's time, hopefully have someone on to talk about that in a bit more detail as well. Because fascinating. We're, I'd like we're, to see we're some only, of the drones as well. Exactly. We're only sort of seeing some of the, like Richard Warwick in the chat has put a load of Banggood links to the LDARC stuff. And there's also yeah, some HGLRC stuff. And Armitan actually made a frame at some point, but it seems like they've removed all reference to it from their website. So oh, there's a four-inch one. Sorry, there's a 4S. Yeah, you can't, I can't open one. links from there, sorry. What, what yeah. I like about the idea, Johnson though, is... This requires getting, well, is it one one ball and two players on each team? Six people together. And even when we just meet up and we're not trying to crash into each other, we're talking hours just to sort out channels and, and get rid of all the problems. Well, well so they've, now we have they've to do solved this and crash into each other. They've solved this problem by flying it all line of sight. No! No! Well, how, how, honest, how are you going to do it? Because you've got to see behind you if someone's about to slam you into something, haven't you? So. Unless you're going to fly drone with drone mirrors, I I think this this is this I'm is I can't do that. This is an event organizer's dream because Jeez. like this is something that you could set up anywhere. You know, Western Park, Wings and Wheels, any any of these places, you could set it up in the background, have people yeah. doing it. You could you can have these. I mean, it's got the, the cage around it. 
uh, around both the arena and around each drone, you could just have the controls like bolted onto the side of the cage and just have like anyone who turns up can just have a go mm. we've, flying we've lost around. Frank. He's going to be having trials and get his little whistle. And... The, the little ones they aren't a lot bigger than whoops, really. I mean, yeah. we're talking... 1203 motors on these. I've got one with 1203. Those exact motors in that, the LDARC 1203s, those are not bad motors. They're nice little motors. Um, but yeah, they're, they're pretty small. Not much big. There are whoops that are bigger than this. Shady sure. says, as long as there's not an offside rule, I'm all in. I'm afraid I'm going to have to disappoint you, Shady. There is literally an offside rule. <laughs> oh, no. That's a very but their offside job. rule is that you, you, you all, all your team have to be uh, have to have uh, come back across to your half of the pitch before scoring another goal. That is that is their offside rule. They're a weird build. So there's a a two thirty, which is like way smaller than they need to go. They could have gone bigger and had more power. They could have got six inch props and just dominate. But no, now the two thirty is with a 4S with a 1406 motor. It's just a, a bit, it's all a little bit odd. A big quad and dominating. Bear in mind that if it's line of sight enclosed in some sort of fence, the arena is oh. going to be quite small. You probably don't yeah. need to go 90 miles an hour that way. You don't we need to. We don't need to do 90 miles an hour, Curry. <laughs> it's just more fun. Just yeah, more but fun. Only for about the first two seconds until you hit the fence. I would argue that <laughs> the bouncing afterwards would also be fun. They, they, like they fly inside nets, so you don't just smash. You're just going to get hung bounce. up in a net and sort of bounce off a bit. I would like to go further on the whole Quidditch thing and have someone dressed all in gold, and occasionally we just send them into the <laughs> arena and all try and hit him as the golden <laughs> snitch, and you Can't get bonus problem. points for that. Fine. That would because yeah. everything's enclosed. We just send him in with like foam, <laughs> a foam helmet or something. Just run along. Yeah, I think I've bought most of the parts for this LDARC thing already. There I used go. to buy loads of LDARC kit. I think, I, yeah, that, that flight flight tower looks really familiar. And so do the yeah, I, I like one. Grumpy's message, no penalties, England would never win. That's true. But yeah, something, something you could definitely do in a tent. You'd need like a tent with another tent inside it, but it could happen. You could even do it at home... We have a bunch of whoops. Yeah. And you could, you could even completely ignore mm. the whole soccer ball thing and just like, just like, just hold up, a, have an actual donut and just put it on the side there, one there. Five <laughs> people in. They can all sit in the arena, try and fly around each other, try not to hit each other. I bet like beer some... pong, you get to eat the donut after. Exactly. I bet some clever person could make something that you can just clip round a 65 or 75 mile whoop frame that just turns it into a ball mm. and stops stuff getting mm. stuck in it. I bet that's just like a 3D print away from being solved. That's basically how um, like uh, Game of Drones got defeated. They started building balls around mm. gods and then you just couldn't attack each other. Weren't they just then like dangling chains and things and stuff to go into each other's Yeah, things and... Uh, and, yeah, a, a note to, to our viewers who think I'm drinking serious manly beer, I, I'm not. This is a vanilla and pecan stout, and it has this wonderful <laughs> art of a, a vanilla pod and a pecan getting married on the can, which is very Oh, Yeah. It's absolutely delicious. It's like That's my, my question. Yeah, they'd be scratching at the door otherwise. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I no, listened no, back no, last no, week, no. and that was hilarious. Yeah. We got got you some fluffy. Oh, guinea pig cage sorted. Yeah, that's boring. You can put your little pets in there and like roll them around. Yeah, the, the, yeah. No, don't. I don't trust those two to do anything. Without the cord in there, admittedly. Yeah, guinea pigs. No, We've got cats though. The cats don't really like quads. Oh. They've been known to try and chew the props off helis. Oh dear. Yeah. Curry, how's your kitty? It killed a rare bat. Yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just wanted to cover that. Wow. Okay. How, how rare are we talking? It's apparently a protected species, and fragrant disregard for the law. We had a brown, long-eared mm. bat dead on the kitchen floor like that. It's very interesting to look at. 
Uh, but I mm. think it'd be more interesting to see it flapping around live than like dead. But there you go. Did you, you didn't like it? Cats are such disembowel it and start spreading its guts out and things like that, like she'd normally do. Sort of writing blood, you're next, that sort of thing. That's typical my cat behaviour. <laughs> I couldn't believe it when you loaded the photo. I was like, what the... So that is a well, sizable beast. I wouldn't have... Because people are going to find it slightly distressing, but I decided it was interesting enough to look at because I didn't know this sort of bat existed in England. I've seen bats before, but not like that. This is a big bat. It had big ears. <laughs> and uh, it, it it wasn't decapitated or anything like her normal kills are. So I thought that's okay. Are right. you sure it wasn't a cat in a Halloween costume? <laughs> Fairly sure. It was it it was pretty light to be fair. It wasn't it wasn't that big. It just had big ears. And pretty sizable. All right, guys, uh, we made it to the hour mark. I'm on the Thursday night show, so I have to disappear fairly quickly. But. Uh, You've been listening to that show now, and we'd like to thank all our patrons, uh, Grumpy, for your donation. Thank you, buddy. Um, and all our patrons are scrolling on the bottom. We do a bonus podcast every month. We are live on YouTube every Thursday at 8 p.m. And you've been listening to Andrew Sash Frank. Bye. Stephen. Cheers. This is like cake. It's amazing. Everyone's favorite Curry Kitten. Goodbye. And I've been bright until I fly. Thank you, guys. Good night. Good night. Thank Bye. you. Telemetry lost.